This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Stop eating without cutting off the circulation. How do you know how to do all this? I took the Red Cross babysitter training class twice. Hi, I'm Rachel Hampton. And I'm Madison Malone Kircher. You're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it, Slate's podcast about internet culture. Rachel, I have a question. Oh, what is your question? Is the Queen of England dead? <laughs> Well, as the resident royal expert, no, I know nothing about the royals, but the internet seems to think that the Queen of England is dead. And not only is she dead, but that the the palace is hiding her death from us. Uh, don't make me ask. Give me more. (laughs) Just, Just give me, lay it on me. So before, before we go any further, I feel I must preface everything with allegedly, because according to the palace, the queen is still alive and kicking. And they're planning for her platinum jubilee, which is <laughs> the celebration of her 70th anniversary of being queen. And she would be, I believe, the first British monarch to ever reach that. There's a whole pudding competition in place, but that's not why we're here. Okay, so there's going to be pudding, there's mm-hmm. going to be a party, but... Uh, if the queen least, is alive. <laughs> right. At least a corner of the internet is convinced that uh, yes. she's not alive. Wh- why? She's, according to the palace, entering a new phase, which basically means she's old. She's turning 96 this year. And in October of last year, 2021, she was hospitalized for about a week with a back sprain. Her last public appearance was about a month later in November. And so everyone is like, what the fuck? Where is she? And so her last public appearance was in November. And then there was her Christmas video that she does every year that people are convinced is a deep fake. But basically the only evidence is that we haven't seen her in months and she's old. Look, that's basically how you could describe me in this ongoing pandemic. So besides the circumstantial evidence, is there a smoking gun here? Um, no, not really. And that's mostly because I personally think that most of this conspiracy theory theorizing is is mostly a joke. Like, here's one of the kind of exemplar TikToks that come up if you look up the hashtag, the queen is dead. So basically, um, I had taken two Advan and one and a half sleeping pills, seen a conspiracy TikTok about how the queen was dead and then posted this video. That's it. Do I actually think the queen is dead? No. Took two out of and told me everything I needed to know. So yeah, mm-hmm. nobody actually thinks that the queen is secretly dead. I wouldn't say that either. <laughs> some people definitely. I mean, it's the internet. Of course, some people actually think she's dead. Here's here's another exemplar TikTok of the other side, which I will say I think is the minority of this conspiracy theory. I read this article that came out in 2017. I read it around the time that it came out. It was in The Guardian called London Bridges Down, The Secret Plan for the Days After the Queen's Death. It's really long and it goes through a lot of just like things that would happen when the queen eventually passes away. 
kind of an unusual topic to write about, but it's interesting to think about the fact that everything, including the death of the queen, has to essentially be pre-planned and prepped for. One thing I found especially interesting... Oh my god, hearing hearing the phrase, the, the London Bridge thing, just unlocked a memory. I read that article. I learned a lot about this, and now I'm convinced the queen's not dead. Because the only thing I retained is that all members of the, like, nuclear royal family travel with black mourning clothes to put on immediately when the queen dies. And I'm sorry, but Kate Middleton just put out her birthday portraits in a lovely red dress. Case closed. <laughs> Well, they wouldn't put on the black mourning clothes until they announce that she's dead. Like, the theory is that she's dead, but they're not announcing it. Hmm. And that they're hiding it. And there's, like, a lot... There's, I think, maybe three theories about why that is. The first one, my favorite, is that they don't want her to die during her 69th year of ruling because... Nice. Yeah, that's why. (laughs) The second is that... They're trying to get Charles to abdicate the throne so it goes straight to William. But one of the kind of interesting wrinkles in this story is that the palace has actually euthanized royals so they died at a more convenient time. Like, this is not entirely out of the realm of possibility. Rachel, I didn't actually think, like, euthanasia was where we were headed when I asked you to explain to me why people think the queen is dead. Uh... Do you believe that she's already dead? I honestly, before I saw the whole, they euthanized Prince George so that his death would come out for the morning newspapers thing, I was like, everyone on the internet is crazy. After I saw that, though, I did think about the fact that they call, like, the palace the firm. And I was like, this sounds plausible. I don't think she's dead. It's, they've, they're taking way too long. You cannot keep anybody on ice for that long. Okay, so Queen Elizabeth... Maybe alive, maybe not. Uh, But I now would like to talk about a different sort of queen or set of queens. I don't know. These queens go buzz, buzz, buzz. Immaculate transition because that's right. Today we are talking about the Showtime show, Yellow Jackets. I know what you want to hear, but the truth is the plane crashed. A bunch of my friends died and the rest of us starved and scavenged and prayed for 19 months. Until they finally found us. And that's the end of the story. I think we both know there's a bit more to it than that. So you're a fan? Oh, undoubtedly. (laughs) I normally don't watch television in real time, but I'm watching this in real time, waiting every week for that Sunday 10 p.m. drop. In case you're not yet watching, uh, very, very briefly, Yellow Jackets is a drama on Showtime, like Rachel said, about a high school girls soccer team in the 90s who gets stranded in the Canadian wilderness and the repercussions that their uh, collective trauma out there have on the adult versions of the girls who survive. Dun, dun, dun. It is one of those shows that just immediately inspires kind of wild conspiracy thinking about what could possibly be happening. Later on the show, we're going to talk about why Reddit is such a great place to talk about Yellow Jackets and why even the showrunners are paying attention. But first, we'll get into exactly what makes Yellow Jackets just so damn addictive. It's a story set in a time and a place, the 90s in a cabin in the wilderness, with absolutely no internet. And yet people can't help but run to the internet to talk about it. It continues in a long tradition of online engagement with other Puzzle Box TV shows like True Detective, Westworld, and of course, Lost. What I'm saying is if you've ever been stuck in a rabbit hole Googling Lost 
polar bear what means? You're going to want to keep listening. We need to go back after a quick break. <laughs> Let's see what you did there. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we're back to talk about yellow jackets and also to talk about why everybody is talking about yellow jackets. Madison? <laughs> it's one of those like sleeper hits that starts out with minimal, I'm sorry, I don't do it, buzz. Oh uh, my God. But slowly <laughs> becomes the thing it feels like everybody but you is talking about. Because, uh, you know, who, who has showtime? Well, my girlfriend's dad. Thanks, Steve, by the way. <laughs> I mean, I felt both seen and attacked because at its core, this is a show about like female friendships, mm-hmm. violence, wilderness survival, mm-hmm. lesbians, yeah. and team sports. Little sprinkling of the occult. Honestly, if they just added Alice and Janie in, I think it'd be perfect for you. <laughs> There's always time. They got renewed for a season two. So to give you a little bit more detail... Um, In Yellow Jackets, the teens on this soccer team are stranded in the woods and their adult counterparts, when you fast forward 20 years to the future, are reckoning with all the things that they did out there. So you jump timelines between the 90s and the present day, telling the story of what happened in the immediate aftermath of the crash and how the women who made it out try to live with this big, bad, secret thing that they did in the woods where they were for a year and a half, 19 months, like a really very long time. The beginning of their post-crash journey it's they're stranded in the woods they have to start fending for themselves and perform at least more than two emergency surgeries because they were in a plane crash in the canadian woods all right bleeding slowing down we need to disinfect it somehow um maybe something from the bar cart there wasn't one i mean there was just soda it's cheaper that way maybe somebody brought contraband There's also a little bit of supernatural spooky stuff happening out in the woods, uh, but mostly it's very human drama. And the way that I like the way that they play with the supernatural elements because they leave it very much open ended. Like, is this some occult force or is this just a group of 12 teenage girls trapped in the woods, starving and delirious and cold? And like every snapping tree branch sounds like it's the spirit of the forest come to kill you. Yeah. But before we go any further, I feel like we have to talk about the actual players in the show. Players because they're soccer players. No, that's not a pun. It's a pun. It's not. Anyway, there's Jackie, who's <laughs> the captain of the soccer team. Very popular girl. Her best friend, Shauna. Lesbian couple, Thaisa and Van. This sort of goth girl, Natalie, who's my favorite. An aggressive optimist slash perhaps nurse ratchet in training, Misty. <laughs> When we fast forward to the present, Shauna is a married mom, Taisa is running for public office, Natalie is suffering from drug addiction, and Misty works as a nurse where she tortures elderly patients, and she still has not fixed her hair. Uh, It's unclear who, if any, of the other characters made it back alive, but from the trauma these women have seen to experience, we're led to believe it could not have been many. It's just a delight to watch, but also it's not. It's terrifying. Yeah, a delight to watch two-thirds of the screen because I'm absolutely not watching uh, (laughs) 
what's happening on the other third. So, Rachel, why are you obsessed, personally? So, I love a kind of show that you can spend at least 15 minutes afterwards talking about what could possibly be happening. I loved Westworld. But also, I love a teen drama. And the first half of the show is a teen drama in the 90s. And seeing the way they're handling this situation is just... I did not want us to go in any supernatural direction because just the bare fact of a bunch of teen girls in the woods is fascinating to me. You actually kind of just started getting into what I love so much about this, and it is that teenage girls are disgusting. They would absolutely eat their friends alive if they had to. There were moments in my life where it felt like if I wasn't part of the in-group, I might as well be dead. Like, it's just so visceral. And all the things that they're feeling are these incredibly real emotions that, like, Mm -hmm. any human, I think, who's gone through puberty has experienced, but specifically teenage girls feel, but they don't get cast in this same, like, you're being melodramatic, Madison, go sit in your room, like, you'll live sort of way because they might not live. Like, the stakes are so high. I actually wrote a piece about this for Slate, which we'll link in the show notes. Uh, More disgusting girls on TV in 2022, please. Clearly, me and Madison could talk about this for hours and have done so. But we're not the only ones obsessed with this show, though we would talk about it on the show even if we were. I think one of the best things about the show is that as soon as you finish the episode, you can immediately run to Reddit specifically to check the Yellow Jacket subreddit because so many people are on the exact same wavelength as me and Madison, except honestly amped up to perhaps 2000 because everything in the show is a little clue for these Redditors. And it's so fun to see what little hints and clues others have caught or like what recent revelation has destroyed like the most popular recent theory. As anybody who's gotten obsessed with a puzzle box show, that's the genre we're talking about here, you know, week to week figuring out clues, uh, Reddit remains the undisputed champion of the place to be when it comes to post-show discussions. And there's so much to be found there. Some of it is truly terrible. If you want to hear about the subreddit that ruined the internet, you can check out our episode from uh, September 18th, 2021. But in terms of conspiracy theorizing about television, Reddit's crushing it. We obviously know how Reddit works. But for the uninformed, it's an online message board umbrella forum where a bunch of message boards or subreddits exist for quite literally any topic you could imagine. It's where the am I the asshole posts that go viral on Twitter come from. It's unfortunately a place for men's rights activists to congregate, like those we talked about with Aaron Mack. And it's where you can find a subreddit for basically any TV show that exists. And I do mean any TV show that exists, even CW's Reign, which I'm convinced seven people watch if you did hit me up. But puzzle block shows like this one specifically are tailor-made for subreddits. I'm going to go spend some more time looking at memes in the subreddit. And after a quick break, we'll be back to talk about why the platform is such a great place to talk about puzzle box shows, how that plays into the show's popularity, makes Yellow Jackets different. And uh, look, I'm not going to lie. We're going to get into some outlandish theorizing. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, if you're new and listening to the show, we just wanted to take a quick minute to say uh, welcome. You're an ICYMI guy now. You're part of the ICYMI hive of Yellow Jackets. I don't even know if Yellow Jackets live in a hive, but anyway, you're here now and we're really glad you found us. In case you uh, missed it, our show actually comes out twice a week, so be sure to check us out on Wednesdays as well as Saturdays. Uh, If you want to rewind, catch up a little, last Wednesday, we spent a lot of time talking about how uh, if you call yourself an empath, you're wrong. All right, we are back, and I'm still on Reddit. Rachel, why is it, do you think, that Reddit, as opposed to Twitter or any other social media platform, is the move when it comes to the post-game on, a, on an episode <laughs> of TV? Surprisingly, based on both of our kind of reluctance to use Reddit, it's because of how aggressively moderated a lot of the subreddits are. They have an entire system in place to tag spoilers. And you'll see those immediately in the post headline so that as you're scrolling through the subreddit, you can see where exactly people might be discussing spoilers or where they're just discussing memes. There's also a tool you can use to gray out spoilers within the text of your post. So you can choose to click on it if you want. And it's maybe one of the only forums on the internet that has that level of care about avoiding spoilers if you're on twitter and searching yellow jackets before you watch the episode you're gonna see spoilers it's impossible and no one really gives a shit if you're spoiled but reddit is very protective about making sure people can access spoilers if they want and have a spoilery discussion but also making sure that if you don't you can avoid it while still being involved in discussion around the show so obviously we're talking about the yellow jackets subreddit right now but There are a lot of other shows that have created this kind of community. Only Murders in the Building. I mentioned Westworld, but there are a lot of other ones. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think the big kahuna, right, is is Lost. This is like the the granddaddy of the genre. (laughs) The most frustrating member of the club because uh, Lost didn't have answers for you in the end. Uh, The the polar bear is just a polar bear, y'all. But also, you know, Game of Thrones, True Detective. I would say WandaVision last year. It was Agatha all along. Um, (laughs) And probably like the first modern puzzle box show, which obviously came out pre-internet, is Twin Peaks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And shows like these either have an adversarial or symbiotic relationship with the internet spaces where this kind of theorizing happens. Uh, one of the more recent uh, tense relationships, I would say, was probably with HBO's Westworld because the subreddit pretty effectively guessed the twist ending of the first season and in response to showrunners to avoid that happening made the next season as incomprehensible as possible. thus ruining the show. Speaking of showrunners, though, in, in the case of Yellow Jackets, we actually have some information from an interview our colleague Sam Adams did with the showrunners of Yellow Jackets, uh, who had a fair bit to say about internet theories, including the fact that they are absolutely reading them. They are reading your <laughs> tweets, they are reading your Reddit posts, and they seem to really be enjoying it. Here's uh, Bart Nickerson, one of the showrunners, uh, 
debunking a theory that they did like about how the opening scene of the pilot, which everyone thinks is a flashback, uh, some people on Reddit think it's a flash forward. I just thought that was so clever, like, and just like, like just such a fun idea. Mm -hmm. It is not Kelly, yeah. but like, it's still a great, but it's still, it's still a great idea. Ashley Lyle, the other showrunner, also brought up another theory that she be debunked, which, spoiler warning, these names won't really mean anything to you, but you've been warned, that Adam is actually Jackie post-transition. I enjoyed, just because it was so gonzo, the, the theory that Adam was actually Jackie post-transition. I was wow. like, that, that is some real outside-the-box thinking. And um, that is that is not the case. <laughs> <laughs> But it's really fun to see people get so creative. I think that, that that's not happening either. It's not. But what I love about this interview and the way they talk about these spoilers is that they're like, it's such a fun part of the experience. But these answers are so creative and genius and outside the box that we're almost worried that the actual conclusion we have is going to disappoint compared to what people are coming up with. I just like that they're getting into it. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like if I was I was running this show, that would be the most fun way to be a part of this fandom. So we've, I think, pretty effectively described the vibe of the subreddit. But Madison, what does it actually look like? If you decided to go to our Yellow Jackets, what would you see? You'd find pages of posts on post-episode discussions, theories that get more and more outlandish the further you scroll, articles, like behind the scenes from the show stuff that fans have found, all sorts of like very delightfully niche memes. It kind of emulates that feeling you get when you discuss a show with friends afterwards and you're all just spinning the wildest possible ideas you can come up with. And then like that ultimate satisfaction a couple weeks later when you can be like, oh my God, Rachel, <laughs> you were right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Except the Reddit's even better because sometimes actors from the show get involved. So it's like discussing with your friends plus like Melanie Linsky. The theories that we're all conjuring, well, not you and I, we're just watching people conjure them. Oh, I have my theories. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but we're not putting a finger to keyboard pixel to True. internet True. paper. <laughs> that metaphor made so much sense to me. <laughs> But they, they play on that that symbiosis you were talking about and the show's growth as these theories and memes seep out of the larger social media world and suck other people into the TV show itself until it sort of feels like everyone is talking about it because either you were watching the show and then you were going on the internet and participating or you were on the internet and you saw people watching the show participating, so now you're watching the show. I'm not even going to try to come up with a metaphor there. Snake eating its tail? It's an Ouroboros of internet theories. Ah, I mean, yeah, finding these subreddits, finding these theories can be so much fun if you're a huge fan of whatever show you're there for. And even if you're a casual fan, because as we've said, it's just fun to see other people thinking about what could possibly be happening in the show. And to feel like you're going into the episode like, ooh, I know what these showrunners are doing. I know what's going to happen. And either being proven correct or wrong. But we've largely spent time talking about how great this is. A lot of these subreddits aren't the best time. A lot of the shows we listed just don't really have fun fan communities to participate in. I'm thinking of like Game of Thrones. It just quickly devolves into a bunch of mostly men yelling at each other online about who was bro right. Bro is a gender neutral term. And if you're yelling <laughs> at somebody about a show on a subreddit, you're being bro-y. Yes, yes, this is true. And it just sucks all the joy out of the experience because 
the fun part of theorizing is just sometimes there are some really out there theories and you're like, that's wild, bro. But you don't ever just shoot it down. You're not like, no fucking way. You're just like, I like where you're going with that. I think we can fine tune that. And I think, and I think you agree, Yellow Jackets has really avoided the trap of becoming like a toxic theory community. I actually have some theories as to why that is. Oh my God, theories on theories on theories. My theories are that it's like a female-driven show. Uh, the subreddit is sort of like a, a community, I think, that formed of a similarly female-driven audience. Showtime has a smaller audience than HBO and other streaming platforms, uh, although uh, make the show easier for people to watch, please. Um, and most importantly, there's no original IP. So like with Game of Thrones, you know, you've got everybody up in your business all about like, well, I read the books and GRRM says blah. Uh, There's no ownership over that original material here. So we're all fumbling in the dark together. And that's incredibly fun. So those were my very serious, uh, you know, 2000 yard take uh, theories. I think those are pretty, pretty tame. I gotta say, I think we got to get more. Yeah, you're reading my mind. Yeah, we got to get a little bit more outlandish here. (laughs) (laughs) Give me your favorite wildest theory. We're fully gonna be saying some spoilers right now. So if you don't want to hear that, turn it off right now. So my favorite one that I immediately was just like, y'all, no. Is that someone on the Reddit was like, the wolves aren't real. The wolves are all part of her visions. And she actually killed this person. And it's like, okay, other people saw the wolves. So the wolves are real. She really did get attacked by wolves. But I I like, again, I like where you're going with this. Let's just (laughs) calm it down a little bit. (laughs) I would like to debunk a theory. Ooh, which one? There's no way they eat Shauna's baby. It's just not enough meat. I mean, I don't think they're worried about the nutritional value of a baby in the winter of the Canadian wilderness. If you don't want to watch the show now, I don't know how we could ever possibly convince you. (laughs) Do we believe any of these will turn out to be true? Maybe. Mostly no. Probably not. Uh, But it's very fun to think about them right before the finale. And the finale comes out Sunday, January 16th, which is the day after this episode that you're currently listening to is airing. So you have more than enough time to binge the first nine episodes if you want to join us on Reddit. Buzz, buzz. That is the show. We will be back in your feed on Wednesday. Please subscribe. It is free and the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. I don't know what we'll be geeking out about next week, but I promise you there will be something. Leave us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Tell your soccer teammates about us, preferably before the plane goes down. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter. We're at ICYMI underscore pod and email is ICYMI at Slate.com. ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader. Our supervising producer is Derek John. We are edited by Forrest Wickman and Allegra Frank. Amber Smith is senior manager of podcast audience development. And Alicia Montgomery is executive producer of Slate Podcast. See online. Or on Reddit. It continues in the tradition of online engagement with other... Break it down. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, this is Dahlia Lithwick, host of Slate's legal podcast, Amicus. If you're listening to this show, you might be interested in Amicus's live show that we're hosting in Washington, D.C., on Tuesday, May the 14th. My colleague, Mark Joseph Stern, and I will be talking to some amazing guests, including Sherilyn Eiffel and a sitting state Supreme Court justice, all about how originalism, a relatively recently invented way of interpreting the Constitution, has taken over the Supreme Court and radically reshaped the law. It's been doctrinal rocket fuel for the conservative legal movement and facilitated the rolling back of abortion rights, the expansion of gun rights, and the obliteration of the separation of church and state. And as another wildly consequential Supreme Court term careers to its end, the court's originalists are on a tear. But there's something you can do about it, and we hope you'll join us in D.C. on May 14th to explore the possible pathways out of the current situation. Go to slate.com slash amicus live for tickets.